Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Season 1, Chapter 10 of the Balloon Artist Podcast. Today we have two interviewees and not one. And those two are the awesome, the wonderful, the inspiring, the so, so cute couple, Shayna and David Brennion. The Brennions are here with us to talk about their business, to talk about what is working for them in their local area where they are working as balloon artist professionals. And without further ado, let's hear the interview with David and Shayna Brennion. The Balloon Artist Podcast is brought to you by... Do you want to save time on organizing your balloons? Do you want your setup to look professional? Then you need to consider the organizers. I use the organizers for more than a year now, and I'm so excited, not just because that it makes me look professional, not just because that it makes me get a lot of attention from people when I'm going to coffee shops with my bag, but also because it just saves me time of time. The organizers can be yours if you go to the organizers website organizers.com and we'll put a link to that on the show notes. Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. We are here today with a very special guest. In fact, we have two guests today, a power couple from California, one of my personal uh, heroes. I've had the pleasure of meeting them and uh, learning from them in Israel, in the Israeli convention Balloonland uh, back a few years ago. And it's just so fun to see how much they grow and how much their content is just uh, inspiring. I'm talking about no one else but David Brennan and Shayna Brennan. What's up, guys? Hi. Good to be here, Zivi. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Cool. We are now in Chapter 10 of Season 1, and uh, Season 1 focuses on how to make money with balloons, and you chose a very special path, the path of entertainment with balloons, mainly on birthday parties. So how did you find your niche? When I first got started in entertainment, I learned everything there is to know about the party entertainment business from a mentor of mine. Uh, he was actually a good close friend of the family. Um, and he taught me everything, all the skills from face painting to juggling to balloon art to magic to stilt walking and unicycle. It was just everything. And it was an amazing education. It really set the foundation and the, and the groundwork for what I now do. And when I started working with Shana about seven or eight years ago, we slowly started to refine what we did and focus more and more, not only just on the things that seemed to be making us more money, but most importantly, on the things that we had the most passion about. And that really was the balloons. Can you tell us, Shana, like, what is your background uh, in this uh, process and how you were uh, helping to push to, to finalize your, your service to be such an accurate and focused service? 
Uh, well, I've always been an artist, um, two-dimensional specifically. I've always drawn and cartooned. In fact, Dave and I met uh, at a comic book convention because I'm a big comic book fan. Um, but when we first started, I was doing mostly face painting, and he was doing as he said, every skill. But what happened was we sort of started to get excited about balloons, get passionate about balloons. I started applying my design background to helping Dave design his balloons. So he's very structurally minded. He can put together a balloon in a very logical and sturdy way. Um, but I can take a look at it and say, no, the proportions aren't quite right. The eyes need to be bigger. The arms need to be further down, whatever it is. And so that combined sort of led to a very uh, specific aesthetic for our balloon art. And that became very popular, and that became something that we decided we wanted to focus all of our time and effort on. And in terms of focusing on uh, doing mostly the entertainment part, how did the, the fact that uh, you've improved the aesthetics of your, of your work, and that's very something that we all in the balloon industry are aware of, and are, uh, we learn from this kind of aesthetics because they are very good, but how did it um, facilitate your decision to focus more on the entertainment side of balloons? I think that there's a, a real difference in the reaction from your audience when you're doing something at a world-class level than when you're doing something at a very good level, but maybe not. I can face paint, but there are many amazing face painters out there. And so when I do face painting, they say, oh, that's very good. But when we break out a balloon, if the concept of balloon art to most non-balloon people is the dog and the sword and the flower and they're starting to see jetpacks and motorcycles and cartoon characters that are very spot-on model uh, that gets a better reaction that gets better word-of-mouth uh, advertising for you when you're the best of the best at what you do uh, that's that's a much better story for a client to tell their friends yeah. and we you know advertising works better with when there's a story behind it yeah and in terms of just in general marketing what our clients want is they want to have something that none of their other friends have had at their party and there just comes a point where you reach a certain level with balloon art that there's no one else in your market doing what you're doing and that's an incredibly powerful tool that's so awesome and, and really uh, an inspiring tip because uh, as I, I know from talking with you, you're not uh, paying any money these days to market yourself for Google or something like that. No, we, we really haven't uh, paid much in general for, for any kind of marketing in a very long time. Um, you know, it, it, that has its pros and cons. On the one hand, it's gotten, we've gotten a little bit lazy because we really haven't had to market ourselves. Uh, but on the plus side, it's really uh, wonderful and empowering to know that all you have to do, and this is something that my mother instilled in me from a very little age. She said, all you really need to do is go out there and be the best that you can be, and the opportunities will come to you. That's cool. And I can really relate to that. Uh, also, like the, the term, Shana, that you use, like uh, world-class balloon art. And uh, that's something that uh, 
we nowadays have all the tools to to learn what it is either by uh, learning it from digital downloads or even by learning over Facebook from our colleagues across mm-hmm. the across the world so I want to talk a little bit more specifically into how you structure your birthday parties what works for you so that people could consider if that's something that they want to try and implement uh, so let's start with uh, you Dave uh, give us a little bit of an overview of most of your birthday parties how do they look like in terms of, of your service right so for us birthday parties are our favorite gigs to do mostly because at this point we don't have to think about it anymore <laughs> it's it's just it's who we are it's what we do we know exactly what we you know we have our balloon bag loaded we load into the car and we show up and we know we're gonna bring the party there are a few very important things that we do at events that really help uh, help us stand out uh, one thing we do is we always bring music with us You'd be surprised how many times you show up to a party and there's no music. And that really is what creates the, the energy and the, and the creativity and, and, it, and encourages people to come and be with you and be in your space. It can also sometimes fill the silence. If you're working on a sculpture and it's a part that you need to concentrate on and you can't necessarily be very verbally engaged with your audience, it's something for to fill that silence as you're working on it. Also, it's something for you to kind of move around and dance to, which which adds to the sense of party. Yeah. So let me uh, just uh, drop in by about the music. Like, uh, uh, in my shows, I try to put the, some, at least one music file that I, I really love and it will make me feel so happy. And just the fact that I'm working with that music alone will bring a smile to my face. Yeah, and, you know, as, as balloon twisters, when we're at a party... You know, we do have to kind of keep moving along and we have to make one sculpture for this kid and then we're done and we have to make the next one. And so there can feel that pressure of having to keep moving and keep working and it's easy to forget the fact that you are still performing and this is a show. And having the music there, it helps remind you that you're still a performer and, and in the show and it helps uh, draw the audience into the show as well. So how do you find the music file that uh, is pleasing and uh, fits your character? Um, well, we have a very kind of 1950s Americana feel to our style. Uh, and so a lot of the music that we choose is from that genre. You know, we actually, uh, friends of ours, Buster Balloon, for example, they knows our music tastes and occasionally he'll send us some music that he thinks we might like. We really, uh, I really highly recommend getting a Spotify or a Pandora account because you can put songs in that you already know you like and they'll send back suggestions of other similar songs. Uh, That's an awesome tip. Yeah. I think it's very important to have really good music and to have a good variety of music um, and to have something like that, especially on Spotify, that you can just bring to the party. And if someone, if, if you happen to get to the party and notice that there's a specific theme or someone mentions a song or something, you can quickly go and put that song on. So one tip was about having music on your event. Uh, Shayna, can you tell us a little bit about the overall schedule of the event when you come in? The majority of our birthday parties are an hour and a half package, and it's the two of us. We prefer to work in tandem because we know that's when we're offering the best service because the two of us can work faster, we interact with one another, we can joke back and forth and put everyone else at ease. We're not having to convince them of our own friendliness we can show them with one another that we're friendly and also people just love to hear that we're married that's something that 
so we try and maybe casually mention that at some point uh, early on because as soon as someone hears they're married, oh my gosh, did you hear the balloon couple? They're married too, their husband and wife. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> nothing to do with the balloons. Nothing to do with our skill. But it's a story. And again, human brains love stories. And so the more that we can cultivate that character and that storyline behind ourselves, the more likely these people are to mention that uh, when they leave the party. Cool. So a 90-minute package and uh, like how do you start? What's in the middle? How do you end? Mm -hmm. uh, we typically start out fairly slow. Um, I don't like to just walk into a party and immediately announce, here I am, everybody come pay attention to me. And I realized the reason for that is because every family is different. Every party is different. There's a different mood and a different atmosphere. And so typically what we do is we show up, you know, we, we introduce ourselves to the client. Uh, we ask them where they'd like us to set up our station. And we just quietly go set up. We'll go, we'll turn on our music. And the first thing Shana and I will do if there's no kids immediately in our vicinity is just start making whatever we most love to make or whatever we think might be the most appropriate for the event. It's a slow build. We like to draw people into us. So people will start to come and start to gather around. And it's only then, once we've been there for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, that we start to really build up our character and start to really direct, interact with people and bring up the energy. Once we notice that there is somewhat of a small crowd around us, that's when we'll say, hello, ladies and gentlemen, we are David and Shayna of Nifty Balloons. We are world-class balloon artists, and we are here to make anything you can imagine out of balloons. But that's not something we'll say at the very beginning, because typically we're working with very small children. And so it's like we need to show them that we're safe and that we're friendly and that we're not scary. And so a slow build is, is really nice. And it's more organic. It's more natural. Also, unlike a magician who cannot start the show until there's a full crowd, a balloon artist can really only work on one creation at a time. And so having one child in front of you it's not a bad thing. We can make one balloon, give that to the child, and then as that child goes out through the party, there are advertisement, and people start to gather around us. It's more uh, natural. So after those 15 minutes, you announce yourself, and you're going uh, to continue and create uh, awesome creations and sculptures to the rest of the kids. Uh, will you make sure that all of them will get something? Yeah, so the way we pitch it to our clients is we have a price that is um, it's an hourly rate however we do still make sure we're very clear with the client that we know how many children will be at the party because our primary goal is is first of all to make sure every single kid at least gets one balloon sculpture but we also in our minds and we don't really clearly express this to the client this is just for us so that we can be prepared we know how long it's going to take us to make balloons for all those kids and it's typically less time than we actually book because this then gets into kind of phase two of our event, which is making balloons for the grown-ups. And this is, this is really where your marketing happens. The kids don't book you. The parents book you. So make balloons for the kids. Make the kids happy. And it's so funny. It happens at every single party. There'll be a group of kids around us, and then there'll be just off in the distance a group of three or four dads kind of watching us. And going, oh, that's pretty cool. Whoa, that's really cool. And you can know that they 
they have they have it in mind that they want to get a balloon. And once we get that first adult over and make a balloon for them, it opens up the floodgates. All the adults suddenly gather around us and they want to get a balloon. And that's the most powerful time in our show. That's that's a concept that I... Uh just blows my mind because it's it just so so perfectly smart in terms of marketing so Shana you will be basically having two lines uh, for each of you uh, no we do there's only one line and so whoever's available first will take the next request and the line is usually more of like just a gathering we we try to keep an eye on who who's been there the longest we also try and go for the youngest children first just because they'll have the shortest attention span and shortest patience and with the bigger kids we know we can tell them hey if you let me do this little kid first i promise you i'll make you something really cool something from star wars something you know if we can kind of find the thing that they really want we can throw it out at them to to help them with their patience and also it's not it's not so boring to watch a balloon being created. That in itself is a type of a show. So as everyone is waiting, they're also being entertained. Mm -hmm. um, as the adults kind of gather around, they definitely know to wait for the children. That's just something that that yeah. people do. <laughs> so once all the children have cleared out, then the adults gather around, and, and that's... That, again, we, we don't have separate lines. We will just take whoever's next. And, and in terms of educational content that you should definitely, definitely buy, Alberto Nava's Hairbands DVD, which I'm sure everybody in the balloon world knows about, that's the main reason why we have been able to do not only to make balloons for adults, but then from that be hired for specifically adult parties because the hairbands are a classy element that no one has ever really seen before and so adults don't feel uncomfortable wearing a balloon hairband in fact they they really enjoy it um what about the kids do they also get uh, the balloon creation on a hairband we almost exclusively use wearable content. So if it's not a hairband, it's a backpack or a bracelet. Um, some children just really don't want something on their head, and of course we'll respect that, but usually it's the hairbands because it leaves their hands free to eat, to play around at the party. The hairbands are so much more comfortable than the traditional wraparound uh, balloon hat that can sometimes rub on the forehead and squeak and pop. A hairband is, is so comfortable, people will oftentimes forget that they're wearing them and wear them for hours after the party even. The, the, the biggest marketing tool that you have at a party, of course, is the photos. You know, when, when, they, when parents take photos and they post them on Facebook or they share them with your, their friends, that's important. And those photos are going to look great if there's a sea of balloon hats floating above the crowd as opposed to some balloons discarded on the table, hidden under the chairs, something like that, or a mom, you know, walking around with a bundle of balloons under her arm. You really want to show your balloons in the best light. I want to ask, uh, in, in average, how many kids do you have in your uh, birthday party? Uh, we typically do events with 20 to 30 kids. Um, you know, if, if it goes up to 35, that's pretty much our max for, like, your basic birthday party package. And then for larger events, anything from, you know, 50 kids to 300 kids, we'll do a kind of a different style where we'll tend to invite in other balloon artists. For example, Buster Balloon has been uh, in on our events, Rob Balchunas and Suzanne Herring, uh, you know, other balloon artists in the Los Angeles area. Um, it's really, really wonderful doing a large event with three or four more twisters because you can still then do the sculptures that you like to make and still do something very impressive without worrying about backing up a long line. 
Do you offer any decor as an upsell? You know, we haven't done a lot of that, and that is definitely something that we're looking to expand into in 2016 and 2017. We released the Jumbos DVD, so obviously we have a capacity for making large deliverable uh, decor sculptures, but it's not something that we've put a lot of effort into marketing. And as you mentioned, since we're mostly word-of-mouth marketing, how can someone give a word-of-mouth uh, endorsement of a product we haven't done at their party? They can only advertise what they've seen. and what they've seen is just the twisting. So, you know, it's something that we were going to look more into, into uh, bringing that as an add-on, but not yet. Cool. Um, how do you stop the, the line after like maybe 80 minutes or 90 minutes? You look at the watch, you see that the time is about to end. So how do you stop the birthday? Sure. Well, for birthday parties, it's, it's typically a little bit easier just because we know we have a very limited number of kids. You know, it's much harder, of course, in a large public event where there's poten- potentially hundreds of kids uh, and you need to have more planning uh, involved in that. So with birthday parties, the way we do it typically is we'll say, uh, you know, we're going to make a balloon for, for all the kids. And if anybody kind of comes back and, and comes and says they want a second balloon, something like that, we'll say we're going to make one for everybody first. And if we have time at the end, maybe we'll make you uh, something else. Um, but we, we focus our energy be, because we know we're going to allow that time. Like I said earlier, we, the, the amount of time we book is more than the amount of time we'd need to make a, one balloon for all the kids. And we have that buffer time at the end for making balloons for the adults. And it's much easier to tell the adults at a party, sorry, we've run out of time, we need to go, than it is to tell the kids. So if we take care of... The, the audience that we have been hired to, to do, then as far as the client is concerned, we've done what they paid us to do. And then on top of that, we've given them even more by making some for their adult guests. So, so this means basically you don't have any pre- prep work? Not really, aside from ensuring that our bag is fully stocked because you never want to run out of one particular shape or color that you need for anything. And, and we do like to have... Every balloon that we possibly can, which is why you know we we have a very specific use for our balloon bag, which was custom designed and made by Rob Belchunas for us of the bag Chunas. <laughs> um, so it's and that's also I want to say um, a very big moment when we set up, when we mm. unzip our bag and flop forward that first panel. When we walk in, it's just a black, A black bag it looks like nothing it looks like a, a rolling uh, barbecue <laughs> but when we unzip it and flip it open all of a sudden there are hundreds of little pockets with polka dots in this one and zebra stripes in that one and smiley faces over here and a rainbow of cylinders in the top it's a very impressive moment and it usually gets a great reaction yeah we, we spend most of our prep time um, making it so that we both look really good And can work very fluidly and efficiently. Um, everything about where our balloons are stored in the bag and, you know, having a cutter on my belt and, you know, having all of my little tools in pockets where I can easily access them. Because we, it's very important for us to just be able to focus and flow very smoothly at the event. That's awesome. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your library show. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you come up with material for it and uh, how long is it? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've actually done quite a few different shows over the years. When we first started, um, we did 
kind of a variation on other shows that we had seen other balloon artists do, which that's the only thing you can do when you first start. Don't don't go out there and say, I need to start today writing my own unique brand new balloon show. No. Go out there, watch other people's shows, see what people are doing, um, copy at first, and then from that copying will come your own unique spin on things and, and new ideas will come up. Honestly, 90% of my best material has happened somewhat by accident on the job. <laughs> and it's, and, and the, the trick is not so much having those accidents, because we all will have those accidents. The trick is after the show, the most important thing Shana and I do after every show is talk about the show and talk about what went well and what didn't go well and what new happened that was really cool that we should remember and make sure that we keep in the show in the future. So uh, I had uh, the pleasure of watching you perform uh, back in Israel and also uh, uh, here in the U.S. Uh, and uh, Shayna, uh, can you tell us, uh, is this show scripted word to word? The library shows that we do, some have been very scripted. Uh, we've done a show that was timed to a soundtrack before that we just hit play at the beginning and... Basically, every routine was timed down to the song, and so it had to be perfect, and it had to move along. We've also done shows that are much more fluid than that, which are, we'll hit play on the song when we start the routine, and then when the routine's over, we'll fade it out, so it can be as long or as short as, as it happens to be that time around. So we've tried both approaches. I personally like the more fluid one, uh, because it allows for those happy accidents to occur, as we found. Um, but, you know, there are many different approaches out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and a perfect example of this just happened yesterday, actually, where we had a show, and um, there was a little boy who came up on stage. He was my, my volunteer, and he had his own plan. <laughs> he knew what he wanted to do. He knew what he wanted to talk about. And as a performer, that's a very kind of tricky moment. That's a moment where you have two choices. You can either try to force that kid to stick with your program and do what it is that you've got planned, or you can be flexible and let the kid do what the kid wants to do, within reason, of course. You don't want to endanger anybody. But audiences love to see the kid being successful and the kid making them laugh. You as the entertainer are just there to facilitate that. And if you can safely and comfortably kind of go along with whatever interesting thing that that kid is doing, the laugh that you're going to get and the applause that you're going to get from that routine will be more genuine than anything you could have planned. And that's a uh, good advice. Keep yourself the option to be dynamic and to relate to how the kids behave and what they need. Um, so it's a, is it a 45-minute show? Uh, yeah, the show that we've done in the past is 45 minutes. We're, we're kind of doing a different show this year, which we can talk about in a little bit. Um, but I will kind of talk more about the balloon shows we've done in the past. Um, has been a 45-minute show. Uh, and in terms of kind of coming up with the content, the way we approach it is, you know, our show isn't really about the best balloon sculptures. Our show is about the best that balloons can be or the most visually impactful that balloons can be and so the way we've written all of our routines is we've said well gee what's the what's the, what's a really cool visual thing we can do with balloons mm -hmm. so for example um the the whole leaf blower thing with the quick links is a very very fun thing that we do on our show uh, and i know it's been shared around and now a lot of uh, balloon artists are doing it um that we've taken that just as a visual idea 
and then we say, okay, what can this be? And more importantly, what problem can this solve? As a, as a performer, you're up there doing a show and uh, you, need to, you need to have something that is, you have succeeded at something. So there's a problem and you solve that problem in a very unique and interesting way. Which is great because then the applause that comes after is not only for the skill that you just showed, okay, they can hover a balloon in the air. That's that's fun, very nice. But if that solved a problem, like he was trying to get the balloon high and he figured out how to do it with a leaf blower, hooray, you succeeded, you solved your problem. Now they're cheering for your success as well as for the trick you were able to do. And it's, again, more of a story. And I just keep coming back to that. People really really connect more to a story, to a beginning and a conflict and a resolution. That's, that's really something that resonates with audiences of all ages. When I'm working on, on my balloon show, I find sometimes that I'm afraid that uh, maybe all of the routines have the same theme, which is uh, surprise, there's a big sculpture. Mm. And how, how, many, how many effects do you work with that, like if you take a look at the routine, the effect is not just surprise, there's a big balloon sculpture at the end. Uh, we have really only just the one, and it's our opening number. And this has been the opening number from, for our show almost since the beginning. And um, Are you referring to the uh, jetpack uh, routine? Yes, the jetpack routine. This, this is just our, our premier opener. And it does a lot of things. Um, if you study show writing, there, there, there are some stages within a show that you really need to hit. And that the first stage in a show that you need to hit is, who are these people? What are they doing here? And why should I care? That's from an audience perspective. And so by coming out and, and, and just doing the jetpack routine, what we establish is, well, we're a couple who works with balloons. We make crazy, amazing balloons. And you should care because they just made a jetpack for crying out loud. I've never seen anything like that. Um, but once we prove that skill at the top... It actually, what it actually does is it now takes all the pressure off of us. We don't have to, we don't have to do any cool balloon sculptures for the rest of the show. The rest is just us playing with balloons and finding fun things that they can do because they already know we can make amazing things. What about you, Shana? Can you think about like the different effects that you do in your show for different routines? I think it's important to note, we don't give away sculptures in our show. A lot of balloon artists will do here's a routine and at the end your volunteer gets the balloon and here's a routine and at the end your volunteer gets a balloon and so on and so forth but that leaves maybe five kids with balloons and 20 kids with nothing and that can be that can feel unbalanced uh, so what we do is we don't give away any of the balloons in our show but none of the balloons we use in our show are particularly aside from the jetpack impressive so we make you know uh, the we can do the the polka dot sneeze routine which is one that we've taught over the years that buster balloon actually originally came up with the concept for we do um a stacking the balloons with the rubber cement to balance them as though it were you know as though we were balancing a bunch of balloons on one another but of course they're they're stuck to one another but that's just a tall visual effect we can do and we have incorporated stories in that um we've done you, you you're using a puppet uh, from balloons We've done puppets uh, with balloons as well. We've used, we've used some of the balloon masks in our show. Uh, not necessarily as a, we're going to create the sculpture and ta-da, now we have the sculpture. 
but the sculpture itself is a costume as part of the show. And so there's no there's not a reveal of the sculpture, but rather the sculpture becomes a character. So in other words, uh, the balloons in your show, uh, some of them are giving the effect of, wow, look what we can do. Some of them are uh, like juggling or circus show uh, pull-ups, yes. but they're all themed around balloons and what, thing, what, what can be done with balloons. Yeah, exactly. In fact, there, there was one routine we had in our show last year Uh, in which we created some very simple little figures of, um, of acrobats, just very basic 260 figures with a smiley face as a head. And we did a whole little circus with them. You know, they were trapeze artists, and they, they did balancing on each other's heads and everything. And so the sculptures themselves were very, very simple, but it's what the sculptures were doing and what they were achieving that the audience was clapping and cheering for. Nice. And uh, in those library shows, you, will you also do uh, some line work at the end or, or primarily do only the show? Only the show. Uh, for the librarians, it's, it's something that, you know, sometimes a library show can have 30 kids in the audience. Sometimes they can have 300 kids in the audience. And so we don't... All we're offering is a 45-minute show, and at the end it's, thank you and remember to sign up for your summer reading program here at the library take pictures with us on stage with the balloons, but that's it. We'll hand out business cards and then we'll leave. Uh, we'll oftentimes donate the large balloon dog that we make from Quicklinks to the librarian to keep in the children's section, also so we don't have to take it home with us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much the, the end of the library show. That's awesome, and uh, I, I can't emphasize enough how much it's important to know your craft, to know what you want to achieve with your show, and to how to control the audience by, for example, not giving them the balloons in the middle of your show. So all of the uh, tips that you shared are so, so, uh, I'm so happy about them, so thank you. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about how people can learn more from you. So uh, you have uh, um, the balloon-animals.com page where you sell some digital contents. Can you tell us a little bit about what's there and what are you most proud of? Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, if you go to balloon-animals.com backslash catalog, uh, that's where you can buy all of our videos. And uh, we've been working with that website now for, for almost three years, and it's been fantastic. I, I really recommend checking it out, not just for our own content, but also uh, Buster Balloon and Matt Falloon and a few other folks have some really amazing videos on that website. Um, and it's just so incredibly convenient. When you go on Lair and you, and you buy the video, as soon as you buy it, you can watch it. You don't have to wait for it to get shipped to you. Um, you can watch it on your phone, on your iPad. You can download it to your computer and burn a DVD if that's what you like to do. Um, and what I think the video that I am most proud of on there is Masks. So it was one of the first DVDs that I released. And still to this day, it's the one that we sell the most. And it's the one that I still use the most in terms of the content at my own events. And uh, lately you've released uh, the Cutie Dolls. So, uh, Shana, can you tell us a little bit about how you found uh, these designs, how you finalized it, because they're just so cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you like them. Um, honestly, this is what happened. Uh, working at birthday parties, when a little girl would come up and ask me for an Elsa or a Cinderella or a princess in general, I wouldn't be excited about it because I didn't have a design that I liked to make particularly. I... 
no offense to anyone who uses this design, but the traditional 260 princess uses a vertical 260 bubble for the head. And for me, um, drawing on the face is my superpower. I know I can get a really great character face, and a vertical 260 bubble is not an ideal canvas for me. I needed a larger face. And I started looking around at dolls that were very popular now. They're selling a lot of the Disney princess dolls, but in toddler form. So they're chubbier, and they're cuter, and more huggable, and it's just adorable. So I decided to try and design something that had a more squat body, I suppose, a more horizontal face. Uh, so the 350 bubble face was the uh, horizontal was the first thing I came up with, which was for the Making Faces download, also <laughs> available at balloon-animals.com. Uh, so that was, you know, I had just the face, and I would put it on a flower-based hairband. But then they would always ask for a doll they could hold. Sometimes they, they just want a doll. And so we I came up with, with the body. The, the heart as a skirt... Uh, is something that's been used before in like an angel design I've seen, so it's not particularly original, but the, the double pinch twist bust and the, the way that the arms sit, that, that was actually something that I came up with uh, when I was in Israel for, the, uh, <laughs> for, for your convention over there when I was, I was teaching the drawing class and I was just, you know, preparing for the class and kind of messing around and jamming. I'm like, well, maybe this could be something. I didn't have it finalized enough to teach there. It took me a while to... We always like to work these designs. We like to use them in parties for at least a year before we're ready to teach them. Because then we've worked out all the kinks. We know all the shortcuts. And we know all the exact most efficient way to assemble these things. Yeah. Cool. And uh, uh, do you think... Uh, like, I took your class of drawing and I, I highly recommend it. But do you think that learning how to draw is that something that can actually be done and uh, how yes um i i'm gonna take this one because <laughs> from a person who does not know how to draw i can now draw a princess face fairly well because of the work that shane has done like we were she was saying earlier i'm more of the engineer and she's more of the graphic designer and artist and what she's done with the Making Faces video is she's taking an artistic skill and presented it in a way that the engineer brain can understand. She breaks it down very clearly into the shapes and step by step. And if you just follow along and do as she says step by step, it's not so much that I am confidently drawing this amazing face. It's that I'm confidently doing each step. And by the end of it, I look at it and there's the face. So it's, um, yeah... So it's a skill and not something that you need the DNA, special DNA for. <laughs> I mean, if you have an artistic talent, it will be obviously much easier for you and it will be easier for you to take those steps and then make them your own. But if you if you swear that you are not an artist and you do not think you can draw, this is just a, a series of steps. If you can draw an oval, you can draw a princess face. Cool. And like all of us can relate to that, like as balloon artists, how many times people told us that, uh, wow, uh, I will never be able to do that. And we've all learned how to do that. Exactly. Yeah, of course. I mean, we all have learned this amazing skill. So why not just learn one more amazing skill? Cool. And you have uh, many uh, additional content downloads uh, on the balloon-animals.com, like uh, the Jumbo one for decor that we mentioned, but also uh, even specific ones for the movie Big Hero 6, uh, which I uh, 
personally used uh, uh, on on some uh, for for birthday party as a gift and 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 many additional ones like your uh, one of my personal favorites is the hearts and rounds volume one and two uh, which which really I think uh, were a great way to get acquainted with your designs and your decision of uh, your aesthetic decisions of making things look cute and round and not a bunch of lines yeah i the and the rounds and hearts video specifically are indicative of a specific process that i use for creating new content which is uh, the process of jamming and the process of limiting yourself the the where almost all of the content for the rounds and hearts dvd came from an experiment in which i said i want to just give myself some specific limitation and it just randomly happened that the limitation i gave myself at that time was one five inch round one 260 and maybe one other balloon like a 160 so i was like okay those three balloons what can i make with just those three balloons and i sat in my studio for for days and weeks and hours just kind of sculpting and twisting and working with just that that limited palette and it's amazing how much more creativity can come out of you when you limit yourself yeah and uh where do you see yourself going in in, in the future that's a really good question well uh as we mentioned before, we really want to start to expand into offering decor, coming to conventions like World Balloon, uh, where there are decorators as well as entertainers and twisters. It really opens your eyes to how how very similar both of those are, how there's not really the big difference is in how you sell it to the client. And so it's something that we're we're definitely looking to expanding into. So that's where I see us developing. Yeah, we're also doing some uh, some more work now with doing corporate team building workshops. Uh, you know, kind of expanding ourselves out into clientele that we, you know, we already have the birthday party market in L.A. locked up. We're done there. There's no more marketing that we can really do there. But there's new places where we can expand. And uh, I think that's what we're really excited about right now. Also, in America, uh, birthday parties tend to only be Saturday or Sunday. And so that means our weekends are locked down. But Monday through Friday, we are still doing work. We'll still be doing inventory and stocking and sending out contracts. But there's potential there. And so corporate gigs tend to happen Monday through Friday. And that's really something that we would like to to be getting into. So we've done a few. <laughs> Of course. Um, so really, it's, it's so uh, fun to watch how you progress and how you uh, uh, share with the world back your talent. So it's really uh, something that I have to take my hat off and thank you in the name of my family and, uh, <laughs> and also uh, uh, the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. And that's, uh, I'm very happy to, to have you here and listen and learn for you. So uh, thank you again, David and Shayna. Uh, you are an awesome couple. You are so cute. <laughs> that uh, really it's, it's, it's so much fun for us so thank you again thank you very much Zivi it was a pleasure thank you and really we I mean everything we've ever done it's due to the balloon community we were nothing until we discovered it and it you know fostered our growth so we love giving back we love the balloon community thank you balloon family <laughs> we love you <laughs> cool so see you soon in the balloon artist podcast and oh by the way uh, like if someone wants to learn more about you but not directly from your uh, content on balloonanimals.com. So where, where should they go? Sure, go to uh, niftyballoons.com. I also highly recommend checking out our Instagram page and our Facebook page also at Nifty Balloons.
Awesome. So I'll just make sure that we have links for those on our show notes at balloonartistpodcast.com. So see you guys. See you later. Bye. Wow, what an awesome interview. That was so much fun to hear again, David and Shana Brennan. They are so, so cute. Such a power couple. A few takeaways that I have from the interview with David and Shana. So one thing that I just so much love is the fact that they plan their gig in a way that allows them to make balloons for adults. That's a very clever idea. And I really like the way that they plan ahead for it and that they make sure that their marketing time includes making balloons for the adults as well. I also want to stress out how important it is to match your messages to your market. So in their market, saying that they are a married couple helps them to sell their show and to sell their services and I'm sure that there are other couples out there that uh, can leverage that so don't be afraid to say that you and your wife together are working for this birthday because it's actually something that will increase your perceived value because it's very family values that you encourage when you are booking a couple that are married for the birthday of Timmy, your birthday kid. So I know this takeaway about them using the couple thing is not good for everyone. Not everyone are married to a very, very talented international level balloon artist and designer and face painter. And But uh, those of us who are, don't be afraid to use it and leverage it. Uh, I want to remind you that if you go to balloonartistpodcast.com, on the show notes, you can download the content upgrade. There's a surprise. Go there and see what's next. What is the uh, added uh, value for you that I've provided in the show notes. And also to remind you, this is chapter 10. On chapter 11, we have with us the power couple, Annie Banani and Buster Balloon interviewed and giving a lot of love to everyone to, in the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. So see you soon on the next chapter of the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Season 1, Chapter 10 of the Balloon Artist Podcast. And this is the tip section. And today's tip is about an app called True Color. True Color. And the color is not like the color of a balloon, but the one that is calling. So, color with an A. The True Color app, in case you're not familiar with it, it's something that helps you to do better business with people that are calling you. So it helps you basically to identify your caller. Let's say someone calls you and you missed the call. Or you can you get an email with, the, with their phone number. You can take their phone number and put it into your true caller on your iPhone or on Android. And you can see their names, sometimes even their pictures and some details about your customer. Uh, the way that this works is like by uh, 
the true color uh, company collects information from lots of phones so this way they can know um, who your prospects uh, are it's working like I don't know 70-80% of the time you can get the name of your prospect and when you're calling to a prospect and you tell them hi Joe nice to meet you you, you sent me a request or you called me that's something that is uh, going to create better rapport for you Also, uh, make sure that the name makes sense so that, like, for example, I had occasions where I got an email with a phone number and the phone number was uh, with, of a different name. Uh, and eventually this was like a, a competitor that wanted to check my prices, which is funny because my prices are mentioned on my website. So whatever. But... I encourage using TrueColor. It helps you to make sure you know who is calling you and who you are calling back. TrueColor is a free app and you can download it right now. So that was the tip section for Chapter 11, Season 1. See you guys next time, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. The Balloon Artist Podcast is brought to you by... Would you like to know what do you have in your balloon stock, in your balloon inventory? Do you want to have this list on you anywhere you go? Would you like a way that you can just order your balloons on your mobile phone whenever you want to and maintain lists of balloons for each project? All of this, including a barcode scanner feature and many other cool features like select a balloon by icon or by text, all of this can be yours if you purchase the Balloon Stock app. Look for it on iOS and on Android devices. Your iPhone can include this today. Download and buy Balloon Stock now before its price goes up.